Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl. You just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Britney Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany N. Smith, and I am excited yet again for another action-packed episode. I have my new friend, Kathleen Melvin. She is from Florida, but recently relocated to North Carolina, and she is a messaging expert, um, which I love all things messaging as a branding person. You can't have great branding without great messaging. Um, and so I'm super excited about our conversation today, and we're going to actually be talking about TED Talk. Um, specifically, what is it? How do we? When do we? How do we prepare? All the things, um, because many of you listening or watching right now, you either are a professional speaker or you want to be a professional speaker and you've heard of a TED Talk. If you've never never watched one, you've at least heard of TED Talks and you know how much of a credibility booster they can be, how many doors they can open if you are blessed enough to be able to participate in a TED Talk. Um, so we're going to talk about all the things. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and help sort of like demystify the TEDx process because there's really so little accessible information out there. You can dig and dig and dig through Google and not find the answers that you're looking for. Sure. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. So, so Kathleen, tell us your story, your business story. You may, you don't have to start like when you were born necessarily, but <laughs> how did you become or arrive at becoming a messaging ex- expert? And then how did you stumble across the TEDx process? So when I started my business, it was all about copywriting. I was really focused on that part. And that really came from some of the work that I did in my first business, which was when I was working in the theater industry. I was an actor and a director and a theater teacher. And I founded with another um, arts educator, uh, children's theater, a touring arts ed program in 2012. And I was with that company for about eight years. And the way it works in the theater industry is instead of having like a C-suite or, you know, executives, you have two different leadership roles, the executive director and the artistic director. Mm. And I performed the role of the artistic director. And since it was such a small company, that meant I was doing you know, a million different everything. (laughs) (laughs) And part of what that entailed was writing the copy for our website, writing our emails, writing our social media. And I was doing all of that long before I even heard the word copywriting. And I started to take some classes and, you know, through SCORE and other community resources on SEO and social media and really studying copywriting. And again, nobody was saying that. Nobody was using that word. So when I 
decided it was time to leave the theater industry. I took a very slight detour and then very quickly came back to this work that I was doing as a copywriter. And I've been doing that full time for a little over a year and a half now. Um, But obviously with about, you know, 10 years total experience as a, a writer and editor. And then when I gave my TEDx talk last year and I was getting ready for it to come online and I was engaging my my business network and community to try to get people to spread it out when it came, people started looking at my background as an actor and a director, as a writer and an editor. And even way back to when I was in high school, my sport of choice was competitive speaking. <laughs> so all of that people were were learning about me and seeing, and they would look at me and go, you know, I, I want a TEDx talk you have all these skills, when I get a TEDx talk, would you coach me? Wow. And so I kept getting these nudges from different people in different directions. And I'm so glad I did this. I I still do copywriting. That's still about half my business. About half my business is TEDx coaching. And it all falls under that messaging umbrella. But I'm so glad that I added the TEDx programming because it's just, it's the, it's, so natural. Like when you yeah. think when, when business coaches talk about ease, like yeah. I have found it in my TEDx work. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so, I mean, I am giggling on the inside um, when you talk about competitive speaking in high school. Um, and it's funny how like we do things in childhood, we do things in adolescence and then we kind of like, you know, uh, float away from it. And how life kind of brings us back around, like, no, I told you, you were supposed to be a speaker, you know? And so <laughs> it's it's really awesome that you were able to find your way back, one. But two, it's really cool that the experience that you had in between also contributes to where you are now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because even though you may be doing a, a speech as um, an educator, or you may be doing a speech as a politician, or you may be doing a speech as a musician, whatever, it all requires a level of performance, Mm -hmm. right? It all requires, and even, you know, with the different TEDx talks that I've seen, there requires a level of artisticness, right? Like a Mm -hmm. a, a level of creativity, rather, um, for you to be able to get your point across in a creative way to keep people engaged for the short time span and all of that. Um, So it really, it really like gives me all the feels um, when people tell their story and it kind of brings them back full circle and you can kind of see where their experiences have played a role, (laughs) played a role (laughs) and where they've ended up. So talk to us about your TEDx journey. Like how did it come about all of that? So when TEDx started in like 20, 2007, 2008, 2009, they started to come online. I was working as an actor And I had had this experience as a competitive speaker and I started watching these videos on YouTube and something just felt like so familiar about the style. It was very similar to one of the categories that I competed in when I was a competitive speaker was called oratory. Mm -hmm. And it was very conversational, very relaxed, very much the same as the TEDx style. And so at that time, I was like, I want to do this someday. 
Like this is, this is on my list and I still have like big Ted like yeah. uh, on my list. But so I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I didn't have a message that I necessarily wanted to share at the time. And then when I left the theater industry, I, I mentioned that I took a little detour. What I did was go to law school for a few months. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there were a lot of reasons that like it, that made sense at the time <laughs> that I was making that decision. Sure. But ultimately it like, wasn't the right thing. And I got to law school and it was everything I expected it to be in all the worst ways. <laughs> and I had also had some changes in like my relationships and and life in general along because it's quite a long path from when you make the decision yes I'm going to law school then you spend forever studying for the LSAT you take the LSAT then you spend forever applying so it it had been a couple of years since I first made that decision and a lot had changed and so it just I started reevaluating my life I guess Why was I waking up at five o'clock in the morning and reading case books until class and going to class all day, coming home, reading more case books until I passed out at the end of the night? The lack of autonomy was really, really hard. I stopped doing anything creative, Mm. which is really bad for me. So as I was doing all this reevaluation, I was struggling in my heart. I knew that this was not the right place, but I'm also a high achiever. I'm very type A. Yeah. I was not handling very well the idea of being a quitter or being Mm. a dropout, Mm. especially because my community had been so supportive when I had like announced that I was leaving my company, leaving theater. I was going to go to law school. Everyone around me was like, oh yeah, that's the perfect. I can totally see it. That's such a great place for you. Yeah. Can we pause right there? Absolutely. Um, For all of the us's in the audience right now the type a the overachiever the wanting that validation right because i this is resonating with me because i got a full ride to college and i wanted to go for theater i wanted to go for theater and i was going to be on broadway and i was going to be in somebody's movie and i was told that that is not a viable um career choice Mm -hmm. i did marketing didn't like that. I shifted to communication. Like, no, I want to be on TV. I want to be in movies. All right, let's do journalism. And maybe I can kind of like slide from the news camera over to the video camera or something like that. But it's all to appease the people around us. Right. And to your point, it's like, okay, I can definitely see you doing that. Yeah. And then, so now, now we're locked into this thing that is not really us, but we're locked into it because we don't want to let people down. We don't want to be seen as a quitter. And so it's just like, but man, we, we allow ourselves, we give up our authentic selves to become this pseudo whoever, you know, and, and, and be able to have success in that other life, Mm -hmm. but be miserable on the inside. Right. There's certainly a world in which it would have made sense for me to continue down that path. Um, And like you, I had, I got a full ride scholarship. That's why I ended up moving from where I still feel like my home is in Chicago, moving to Florida for this scholarship at at a great school. But yeah, for the life 
the, the like universe that I'm existing in, it wasn't the right thing. So I had all that struggle and I realized as I was making that decision and as I was starting my diving into business full time, that that was a message that people needed to hear mm-hmm. that that what gets ingrained in us is this idea that the most important thing when you start something is to finish it mm. and how detrimental that can be because it's not that simple. So my talk is called the brave leap sideways and it's this image of being on a treadmill. There's no off button. We're struggling to figure it out. We think all we can do is keep running but there's always a way off. And that is to take your brave leap sideways over the handrail, land on the solid ground next to that treadmill where you can breathe and you can Mm. look at what's available and you can decide what the next right thing for you is. I love that. I love that so much. So guys, we're going to have the link for her talk in the show notes <laughs> so that we can we can go on and be inspired. Um, and so tell us about the process. Like, is this something that you sought out? Did someone reach out to you and say, hey, you should do this thing? Like, tell us about it. It's something that I sought out and I really knew nothing about other than having watched a bunch of talks over the, sure. the last over 15 years online. And so I started, I had a whole bunch of questions. I started Googling madly (laughs) and I was really struggling to find the answers to the questions that I, that I had. And I'm very much an information gatherer. I like to have all of the things in place before I do the thing. And ultimately for me, that wasn't an option because I couldn't find the information. So I decided I was going to just start applying. And the way that I went about that is I knew that this was a new process that I really didn't know anything about. So I wanted to limit all of the anxieties as much as I could. So I said, I'm not going to travel. So I started like from my local area where I was and, and was planning to work my way further and further out, but I actually got accepted. I applied to two different places. I heard back from the first one um, and was accepted. So I was able to just jump right into the process. That's awesome. First of all, that's awesome (laughs) because I wonder how many people have, you know, applied, 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 and haven't gotten accepted. So um, I guess you, you find different organizations that are hosting TED Talks mm-hmm. or TEDx Talks rather. Um, and then you submit like a proposal of sorts. Yeah. So every TEDx event, what the X means is that it's independently organized. Right. So every TEDx event can be very different in energy, in procedures, across the board. Right. So when you go to apply, it's not like you can submit one application and you know, copy paste all your other applications. Although people do that, which is problematic, (laughs) which is why so many people have to submit to, I've I've heard of people, I don't know anyone personally, but I've heard that sometimes people submit 60 or 70 or 80 applications before they get accepted. And, and I just think, oh my goodness, did you customize them? (laughs) Did, Did you talk about how your topic actually relate to the specific theme of that right. event and that location that you're like, 
And so that I think that that's something that that people often struggle with is this like, or maybe it's not even a struggle, but an approach is this like right. spray and pray. Yeah. Method. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get, get specific, <laughs> get clear, get customized on each of your applications. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, once you found out you were accepted, like what was your initial feeling, your initial response? Like, what was that like? I was super excited. I had sort of taken my audience along on this journey of like telling them that when I submitted my first application and all of that. And so when I got my acceptance letter, I announced that and immediately like it's one of the best performing social media Yeah. <laughs> of my business is is saying, hey, I get to do a TEDx talk this November because everyone is so eager to support people in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful to um to watch and be a part of, even if, if, as the outside kind of cheering the person on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from when you got accepted, how how much time did you have to prepare your talk? So I got accepted I think in late June or July the event was in November but something that I didn't know at the time is that most TEDx events they assign you to someone that they call a coach and I I use that term loosely because I think (laughs) that that most TEDx events also use that term loosely um they're usually a community member, volunteer, maybe they've given a TEDx talk in the past. Um, Maybe they have some public speaking experience. They might be like a local member of Toastmasters, which is a whole other discussion that we can have. (laughs) Um, But they're not usually people who have a ton of really valuable and relatable experience. Understood. And so I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, oh, I get a coach. Yay. (laughs) So I waited until the first time until I actually got like my coach's contact information. We scheduled an intro meeting to start, Mm -hmm. which was in late August, early September. Oh, wow. Um, So between that point and the event in November is really the time that I took to write, edit, oh. memorize, get it up on its feet, which is really quite, quite truncated um, and not what I uh, encourage people to do. But fortunately for me, I had, I had this really specific Venn diagram of skill sets right. where I, I am a practiced writer. I am a right. practiced editor and memorizer and performer. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> it did. Yes. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So um, if we are looking at this from a practical perspective, um, what would you say are some do's and don'ts? Um, that you could highlight if someone is looking to become a TEDx speaker, looking to start their journey, or even mm-hmm. you can you can decide which avenue you want to take. Maybe they're preparing for a speech. Like maybe that's probably something that more people can kind of um, identify with. Like maybe they're preparing mm-hmm. a talk. What are some speaking tips, do's and don'ts that you can share? So I think related to 
the last question that you asked me, it's, it's creating a timeline, planning Mm -hmm. it out, figuring out, asking for help to figure out how long will it realistically take me to map my talk out? Mm -hmm. If you have to memorize it, which isn't very common, but for TEDx, that's something that you do. How long will it take me to memorize? Most of us as adults, we haven't had to memorize something of that magnitude since we were 16. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not in our brains anymore. We're out of practice and we just don't have any concepts. We don't have any frame of of reference for how long that sort of thing can take. So absolutely like mapping out your timeline is really important. And and for people who want to do a TEDx talk, I have a resource on my website. I call it my TEDx planner. And that is available to tell you how long to give yourself for different stages of the process. As far as a broader, a more broadly applicable piece of advice I think that one of the things that TEDx does really well is focusing on the message. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want your audience? I, I ask my clients, my TEDx clients way in the beginning, like when you're done speaking and the audience leaves the auditorium and someone goes out to lunch with their best friend. What do you want them to say? Oh my goodness, I just heard this speaker and their talk was all about insert your message here. What do you want them to take away in that way? And I think that that goes for any any kind of talk, not just TEDx. You want to be really focused on the impact that your storytelling, that your message is going to have on the audience. What do you want them to do next? What action do you want them to take? That sort of question is really important to ask. Awesome. Awesome. So ladies, I hope you guys are taking this in um, and taking notes. As always, you should, oh, anytime you listen to an episode, (laughs) you should be taking notes, um, especially if you are um, a speaker or even as a business person, making sure that your messaging is super, super clear. Um, And so I always want to ask this question. um, What kind of doors have opened um, as a result of your TEDx talk? Like how has your business or even your life changed from the moment that you completed your talk? You know, it's interesting because my TEDx talk, when I wanted to give a TEDx talk, it had nothing to do with my business. My topic of the TEDx talk that I eventually gave has nothing to do with my business. But even so, there have been so many doors that have opened for me. Even doing things like this, interviewing for podcasts, when I pitch myself, people are so much more likely to trust that I can come on and share a great message because they see that TEDx logo or they see TEDx listed in my bio. So there's this like lended credibility that you get that has for me not only open doors to interviews, but also to presentations in people's programs, giving master classes to other people's audiences, things that are really expanding my reach as a copywriter and a TEDx coach, even though my TEDx talk itself, 
doesn't have anything to do with speaking. It doesn't have anything to do with copywriting. It doesn't have anything to do with messaging in general, but it's just that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you may consider it a reach, but when you talk about um, taking that leap, right. And, and jumping off the mundaneness of life Mm -hmm. and pursuing your authentic self or the thing that's really pulling at your heart. I mean, in a way, it, it kind of it kind of connects because I think when you when we work with people in their messaging, a lot of times you find that people are putting forth a message that they think people want to hear mm-hmm. when really they have to jump off of that treadmill and get in touch with who they truly are to give yeah. people the message that's going to resonate. So even though at the time you weren't thinking about your business now, yeah. but to me, it connects um, to me yeah. it connects for sure. Um, and I haven't ever I haven't ever considered it in that way. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I love it. Like I said, all this is is truly resonating. And so um, are you going to continue to pursue different TEDx stages? Like, is this going to be a part of like who you are and what you're doing or like, how are you moving forward now? So right now I'm primarily focusing on helping my clients through the process, but I do have a couple of ideas that I eventually will pitch. So uh, eventually I will be on another TEDx stage and I have um, some thoughts about like, I I told you how I made the decision about which to apply for last time. And I have another, I have a different, um, tactic in mind for the next time that I try. So awesome. Eventually. Yeah. Someday. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So, so tell us what you have. I know you mentioned your uh, TEDx planner. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us how we can connect with you. Um, If there's, I know you have something coming up, you can talk about that and let us know how we can connect and find you online. Yeah. So number one is the TEDx planner. You can go to writecatcreative.com slash TEDx planner. Um, and that's R-I-G-H-T, catcreative.com. And again, that piece is really going to just help you map out. It's both a calendar and a checklist so that you don't miss anything and you give yourself enough time so that you can get to the end and get up on that stage and feel really joyful and excited and confident instead of feeling nervous and scared and, and tight yeah, <laughs> as you're yeah. as you're giving your talk. So that's the TEDx planner. And then on, ooh, I need to check. I just checked the the date again, but let me pull up on October 4th, Tuesday, October 4th. I am giving a free Q&A where you can come. I will go through a whole bunch of frequently asked questions, and then there will be time to address other questions in the moment too. And when you register, if you have questions right away, there's a spot that you can send them in so I can include them. And you can find the registration for that Q&A at writecatcreative.com slash TEDxQA. Awesome. 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 Ladies, listen, make sure, make sure, make sure that you connect with her um, on her website, grab up all of her free things. You can get on her mailing list so you can stay up to date on any announcements that she might have. Um, Definitely take advantage of the Q&A for those of you who are looking to be on a TEDx page, page, 
stage <laughs> one day. Um, and even if you're not looking for the TEDx stage, I'm sure that they're going to be great takeaways for you as a speaker in general. Um, and you can always put them in a the little line on the form. Um, but listen, Thank you so much, Kathleen, for joining me today. Um, this was awesome. And I'm looking forward to watching your last talk, but I'm also cheering for you and rooting for you as you pursue the next levels in your TEDx journey. And we are cheering for the big TED stage. Okay, we're just going to throw it out <laughs> Thank there. You. And I'm yes. going to be like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this has been so, so great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Well, ladies, I will see you guys next week for another amazing episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Brittany Smith Podcast.